Welcome to Live Let Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live Let Thrive. It is the Wednesday edition. It's a very special day, right? This is episode 169 of your favorite Airbnb VRBO, short-term, long-term, share economy podcast in the world, and we're coming at you live from Fort Worth and Arlington, Texas. Give it up for those places. Uh, We have a special guest today, and her name is Maddie Rifkin. Who's Maddie Rifkin? Y'all don't know? Maddie is the founder and CEO of Mount, where they launched electric scooters at Airbnb properties. She started developing bike locks and startup ideas since she was 12 years old. She got her first patent at 15. Wow. And is using some of what she invented back then in her company, Mount. Welcome, Maddie. Thank you so much for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, where's my scooter, Maddie? It's, it's in the mail. <laughs> it's in the It'll mail. Be on the way soon. <laughs> no, don't throw it through the mail. It'll never get here. Put it through um, Amazon or <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> UPS or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. When I send checks to the the my arbitrage units, they're all they all go through the mail. So you know, they lose them. They lose them. So definitely. <laughs> Dang, now, now you 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 said some stuff that has me like wonder. You you were patenting stuff at twelve years old. <laughs> I was. I uh, was fortunate enough to go to a school that had these invention competitions, actually very similar to Shark Tank, where you pitched your idea in front of like very business people of Colorado and uh, happened to build a bike lock when I was 12, simply out of the need of always forgetting mine. So I just welded it to my bike and was like, this is a great idea. (laughs) Uh, Pitched it to those sharks and they awarded me a, a funded patent, basically. So I got to go through that process as a 12 year old. It obviously took three years because I got it when I was 15, um, but very cool learning experience. And that's kind of where the bug for entrepreneurship kind of hit me and I couldn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Wow. Can you go into what is Mount? How did you get it started and how long have you guys been doing it? Definitely. Yes. So Mount is basically the amenity management platform for hospitality and beyond. And so Really what we started to do, partly because Mount's team all comes from the micromobility world of scooters and bikes. That's where we all got our start about three years ago. Um, we basically decided to take this really popular model of scooters, but launch it in a way where we could bring it directly to the tourist and also in a less chaotic way than just launching thousands of vehicles and seeing what happens. So that's exactly what we did originally back in January is we were purchasing scooters. We were working with Airbnb hosts setting up the scooters at Airbnb properties. And then the host would enter into a revenue share with us where they were basically the operator for us so that they got a percent of the rental revenue. What we found was that we opened up all of these ancillary revenue streams for Airbnb properties that are actually pretty hard to come by. Otherwise, you know, you guys probably know Um, it's hard to kind of monetize from that guest as opposed to just booking revenue. So that's exactly what the scooter did. People could hop on scooter tours. The host could actually start giving scooter tours if they wanted. Some hosts started working with um, local shops and like the local community to drive traffic and their guests to those specific locations. So what we found was that we started with scooters, but it really became this whole fledged amenity that really could 
be modified by any host. Um, now what we do is really supply the platform that enables scooters to be launched and electric bikes actually right now. Um, the host will actually help us purchase the vehicles. They'll be the owner. So now they can own some assets and um, have a larger share of the revenue. So we're definitely creating better opportunities to work with a lot more hosts than just uh, the original we, we started with. That's awesome. So, so my big, the huge first question would be, you know, I think in providing guests, I've always thought in the past, oh, maybe if I left a bike there or, or something, you know, I don't know, a kayak, stuff left behind, then I think, oh, shit, what if they get into a crash on the bike or what if they drown on the kayak, you know, am I responsible for that? So, so when I think scooters and I see those little um, limes whipping around Dallas or wherever, I'm like, oh, you know, was it, what happens if they, if they do get hurt on one of those? Yeah, I mean, that is the biggest question we get. And it's unfortunate that the media kind of over-exaggerated how many people actually get hurt and why they're getting hurt. Um, so we put in a few processes in place to kind of de-risk both Mount and the Airbnb host. One of the first processes in place is that every rental happens through our app. So you as a guest would download the Mount app, and then you're actually prompted to create an account, put your credit card information in, and sign a term, terms and conditions sheet. So that happens in the app and it basically states you need to wear a helmet if you don't you're liable for any damage you do to yourself and then also you can't ride under the influence of marijuana alcohol or any other drugs and really that is the big one because that's why most people get hurt on scooters is because they take them at 2 a.m from the bar and think they can get home and they ultimately don't um, so really that's the big one for us and most of the crashes happen they haven't happened on our fleets but that's what you see with the lime and birds is that's why people are hurting themselves so typically they can't really go after you anyways, because that's, that's when it happens. Um, the further kind of thing we've done is actually curated an, an insurance policy, which is specific to scooter and bike rentals. So we have that policy and we actually extend it to the Airbnb host. So they come in as an umbrella, um, they're covered, we're covered. And then really all you have to worry about is maintenance and then, you know, maintenance of your property, making sure a scooter isn't going to get caught in a tree branch or something. Um, but really did try and de-risk the whole situation so that you could have these amenities. And it's funny you mentioned kayaks because that actually is our plan after our seed raise is to open it up to all amenities. So if you have a kayak in your backyard and you're like, how could I make money off of this? You could theoretically put it on our platform and have the guests rent it through our app. So they're paying for it. Um, so really trying to take any amenity and turn it into something you can monetize. That's dope. So in, in what, uh, what areas, what areas are you guys in right now? I think I'd ask you earlier, but it was off the air. What areas are you oh, yeah. in? <laughs> uh, so we actually started in Phoenix, uh, with home slice stays. Shout out to Ellie. She's been amazing. And then we went into Miami, uh, and then Denver actually, because we're based there. So it was an easy one for us as well as Estes park, which is a small mountain town in Colorado. And then we expanded to California. So we did San Diego, Los Osos and big bear Lake. Um, but because we've really changed our model and are really the software platform that is enabling these scooter and bike rentals, we actually aren't really constrained by geography anymore. Like we were, um, four months ago. So any host that wants to work with us, you actually either enter into a lease to own model or a buy now pay later. Um, and you are really going to be in charge of purchasing the assets and then we'll put them on our platform so you can monetize them. You're going to have most of the revenue of the scooters. We kind of flipped the model because before we were purchasing the scooters and it was really hindering our growth because we're a startup. Uh, we don't have that type of capital. So now we've entered in kind of this agreement with the host where they'll help pay for some of the assets and then own them 
um, further kind of, I guess, you know, good things for the host there. <laughs> now, is, is the scooter model, like the people actually putting them on, is it more popular to the Airbnb host that is, let's say, in an apartment complex or to home, like people that rent out their homes? How have you guys found it to be most efficient or more, more, more popular with which type of host? Yes, we've definitely in the beginning, we're working with kind of anyone really to hone in on who was our perfect customer. What we found is it's either a really large house, so at least five rooms, maybe there's 20 people staying there, or it's your super host that has six houses right on the same block, and they can drive all of the traffic from their houses to that one rental area where the scooters are stationed. Um, and then the other sweet spot we've actually just started to work with is those Airbnb hosts that manage like the whole apartment complex, so like 10 plus units, um, bigger areas. And really the reason for that is because if you're putting two scooters at a single bedroom property, you're only going to have the opportunity to have like maybe one or two people's eyes on your scooters. And if they don't rent them, then they leave idle and you're not making enough of that money to really make the amenity worthwhile unless you're charging a higher nightly price. Um, so that's really kind of what we tell our hosts is make sure you're getting enough eyes on the scooters. So it's more than two people. And uh, you also will have to kind of help the program in terms of telling your guests to actually allow them to rent the scooters. We've had people show up at the properties thinking the scooters are off limits mm -hmm. and they don't understand that these are for them. So you kind of have to really explain to the guests like, Hey, I have these for you. Like you should use them. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, so how about maintenance on the scooters? Like, you know, they, I guess the wear and tear, who handles all that? So we the ho enter into an agreement where the host is typically in charge of the maintenance. We help supply spare parts um, or point you in the direction of a service center in case like something drastically goes wrong with the scooter, which doesn't happen too often. Um, but most of the day-to-day -day operations, like wiping the scooter down, getting the dust and dirt off, are up to the host and how they want to manage their program. Um, partly because they're there or they have a, a maintenance staff, something like that. Um, so we'll help the host, but typically maintenance and if a malfunction happens in the field, that's up to the property owner. Now, another question, are they, yeah, I'm asking a lot of questions, you know, for my own, for my own good, because I do want some scooters. <laughs> and so <laughs> let's, are these scooters really heavy? Like if you're on the second or third floor with no elevator, is that going to be a big issue? So what we've seen, the scooters are about 35 pounds. They're not heavy, but they're like, you know, it's a weird object to carry because it's like four feet tall and, and three feet long, you know, very rough estimates. Um, so we've had people place the scooters inside, like inside the mudroom or whatever it may, and it's like three stairs to get outside. And the guest is actually just like, sorry, I'm not going to ride that. I don't feel like carrying it outside. Uh. Um, so there definitely is a barrier there, but what we've started to do is we actually curated a docking station that the scooter rolls into, uh, it locks it in place and then it charges it. So if you have a property and you want these scooters, you could theoretically purchase this docking station from us and the scooters could be stationed outside, either in your driveway, um, the front walk, wherever it may be. And then if you're in a small town, you could tell your neighbors, hey, come rent our scooters. You know, these are for our guests, but you can use them too. Um, Again, speaking to like the many options you have. <laughs> so let's say you, you, you rent these scooters out. Like, let's just say it's an apartment complex, right? And you have them like in a common area. Can anyone rent the scooters, even if they're not your guests? And if they do, how do they go about like rich making sure, how do you go about making sure they get returned? 
in our left leg, you know, just flung around like line bikes? It's <laughs> a really good question. And that's kind of why we're keeping it a closed system right now with just the guests or the tenants. Um, but the app actually works in a way where we geofence your property so that the scooter knows it can only start and stop its rentals from that property. So if a guest or someone rents your scooter, they have a tutorial in the app, like four scroll through screens that basically tell them how to ride it and that they have to return it. Um, so if they don't and they leave it out, first of all, they'll be fined about $1,200 because Ooh. that's in our terms and conditions sheet. Second, uh, they're actually going to continue to keep paying for it <laughs> because they haven't ended their rental. So if it's charging on a per minute basis, that's going to really add up. Um, so actually to date, no one has left a scooter, not, um, has not brought it back. So the, the model is working. I think that would be harder for random people trying to rent your scooter, but um, your guests definitely take care of it. So like, like what I, oh no, I guess that wouldn't work. I don't know. I, I will ask questions. Like, like if I had my own, like you said, well, you, you mentioned a kayak earlier, but like if I had a really nice scooter that I like to sit, I'm gonna put it in my place. I could put that onto your, onto your app and use my own scooter. Yes. Yeah, so right now our platform is compatible with select scooters and bikes that we've curated, but post our seed raise, which is actually happening right now, we have a device that could, you could put on theoretically any type of asset. So it could control the scooters you already own. It could control the bikes that already aren't even electric that you already own. So that's really where we want to get to is no one has to purchase assets. We're really just monetizing the ones you have. Um, we just need some capital to get there. <laughs> No, I love that. I love that. Because, I mean, yeah, I mean, if we could, if all the stuff that we have laying around in our garage, you know, bikes or skateboards or whatever scooters, we could put them to use and your mm -hmm. app helps us do that. That's that's a beautiful, beautiful marriage right there. Um, so so your scooters, I, I, I guess that they have the, is it like the limes where they swipe their credit card and then they put in their information or how does it work? Yes. Yeah, so your guest, um, what we give the host actually is like a lot of marketing collateral. So it has like the QR code to download our app, telling them they can rent the scooters. So your guests would see all of that upon arrival. They would download the Mount app from the app store and then they're prompted to create an account. So it's their name uh, and email that they put in. They also have to put in a credit card information. And then when they go to rent the scooter, all they have to do is actually scan the QR code on the scooter through the app. And then it'll prompt them with payment um, options. So the host actually has the ability to either charge a per minute price, which is like what Bird and Lime do, or you could charge an hourly rental, a four hour rental, a daily rental. So there are options depending on what type of traveler you get. Um, Miami, for example, their fleet is charging um, a per minute rate because there are already scooters there. So we're like, let's just match what they're charging or undercut them a little. Mm -hmm. um, and then in Estes Park, for example, we're doing like a four hour rate in four hour blocks so that someone can rent the scooter, basically go on a tour of the whole town, stop at lunch and come back. And it, they weren't, you know, you don't want to be charged a per minute fee if you're not on the scooter. Um, so they found a lot of success with that. Nice. And, and what, what have you seen? Uh, who is like the main scooter avatar? You know, who's the main person who, who uses these and rents these? Yeah, we're definitely trying to target the millennial traveler, like someone who's coming into town to basically explore, uh, probably a foodie, you know, that wants to go to the local food shops. Mm -hmm. They're not someone who is traveling for work because they're most likely not going to leave the property. Um, and then also if you're in that older age range, you're most likely not to get on a scooter just because it, it is semi-risky. Um, 
so that's really who we're targeting is if you know your Airbnb people that come through your property are young and adventurous, um, this is definitely for you. Where we don't really like to launch is metropolitan cities. Like, I mean, Denver was a weird one for us. Denver's very spread out. So we actually didn't launch right in the heart of downtown. We did the outside boroughs. But we don't really like to launch in metropolitan cities, partly because electric scooters are everywhere. Like if we were to launch in Dallas, you know, there's probably already 2,000 scooters. Um, so there's really no incentive to use ours. But we can go into small beach towns, little uh, mountain towns. That's really kind of our niche that we've been seeing is that there's not many micromobility solutions. Maybe the only way to get around is by bus. And then people are really apt to use the scooters or bikes. Hmm. South Padre Island, look them up. South Padre Island, I haven't seen any over there. Yeah, exactly. That's that's on our list. <laughs> yeah, nice. South Padre. Um, so now I noticed you guys are in a lot of resort towns. Now, have you have you guys partnered with any resorts? Because I know Estes is a huge resort town. Um, have you had luck like partnering with the resorts? Yeah, so we're not stopping at Airbnbs. We're uh, doing resorts. Hostels is another one for us. Um, and like boutique hotels also. These other places that don't maybe have as much ancillary revenue or, you know, for the resorts, they have fleets of golf carts, you know, that they'd like some data on and to who is using them. But they also have a lot of cruisers um, and I would see scooters doing very well. So we're targeting some of the resorts on the, the East Coast that are in like North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia Beach. Uh, definitely on our list for sure. Yeah, another town I would say is probably Arlington, but if, well, yeah, yeah. I think if you, you did the Arlington entertainment district, that's a really, really good town. Cause one, the Airbnbs are still legal in that area and you have a Dallas Cowboy stadium right there and ain't no scooters up there right now. Oh, very good. That's a hot tip right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ain't no scooters up there. So you, you'd be definitely be in there arlington's a weird one though man it's like a crony city man they let they let certain people in you know what i'm saying they'll let certain yeah. people in it's um <laughs> it's a <laughs> um so like a car y'all can't y'all haven't got to that level where that where i can rent out i might have a spare car i could just leave it at my airbnb and then use your app to rent it out not yet. I mean, definitely in the pipeline, but um, for, for now we're sticking with smaller assets, but I don't see why not. I mean, it's a little device that can track it and monetize it. So maybe eventually, but that might be a bit more challenging with trying to handle keys and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Cause I remember that uh, I think a few years ago, Austin started using those cars where, where you just, people just park them where, you know, certain spots and then another person go over there and swipe their card and use it for, you know, to get groceries and stuff and park it somewhere. And when they're done with it and then it's like, yeah, it's just like a, they're sharing the car, you know, whenever they need it. So it's like, like, yeah, like, it's a, like a line. But <laughs> yeah. 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 And so I, that's what I was just wondering. Cause instead of having that, well, the only way to do it now would just, would, I'd have to put it on Turo and then they'd have to get the Turo app and, and then download and use it from there. And then Turo takes their big chunk. But yeah, I mean, that's what I was wondering if, if there's a way to do it without that. Yeah, definitely down the line. It's in our pipeline for sure. And it's interesting you mentioned that because I just had a conversation with a company out of Virginia Beach, actually, and they uh, are Airbnb, but for parking spaces. So you can actually put your parking space online and rent <laughs> it out. Um, What's the name of this? Uh, I would have, I don't remember off the top of my head. Let me oh, pull man. it up. But uh, <laughs> they were, they were pretty cool. <laughs> parking B&B. Yeah, basically. <laughs> That's smart though. Dang. That's smart. What do they do? Charge you by the hour? Uh, honestly, I think you could set your own prices. It's very similar to Airbnb, but literally just with your parking space. Oh, it's called, um, 
driveway, but W-E-Y. Mm. Driveway. Very uh, clever. Might need to get a little shack of a lot and put some stuff on there and put it on the driveway. <laughs> Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, we were thinking about putting scooters near those spots because then, you know, you park your car and you want to get around still, you, you know, rent the scooter. <laughs> oh, I love it. You got tons of ideas in your head, huh? Oh, totally. I mean, it's <laughs> honestly all these Airbnb hosts. It's like they want to take the program as far as their brain and creativity will. And, you know, we're willing to do it with them. So <laughs> we love working with hosts like that. <laughs> now, can you can you put your app like on a puppy so they can like have a puppy while they're there? <laughs> That would be amazing. You know, if I can do that, that's like a million dollar idea, right? <laughs> yeah, and a guy can go take the puppy to the park. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Anyways, um, this sounds really cool. So uh, you, you keep mentioning something that, that I'm very interested in. I hear this a lot. The, when you, the seed raise or the seed, you know, raising seed money. How does that work? So someone comes up with a cool idea like you, and then they start like shopping it around to the sharks and stuff like that. And then you do seed money. So how, how does all that work? You know, it's very interesting and it's a interesting kind of space to navigate, especially as a female founder, you know, we're, we're very underrepresented in this industry. Um, so I think, you know, Mount took a different approach to it. Typically what you do is you go to the VCs, uh, you know, very notoriously rich white men, you know, that's, that's kind of that scene and you shop your idea around, like you just said, and you know, it's a yes or a no, if they like you kind of at this stage, it's very based on the founder, not so much uh, traction. And, uh, you know, they'll write you a very large check. And it's, it's something that's uh, very hard to do. It's hard to learn. But I wanted to take a different approach to it because I felt if Mount is really building this massive empire, why would I take this massive idea to a large VC and let them get rich off of what we're doing when really it's the Airbnb hosts that are really making Mount what it is and, uh, you know, showing us that it works. And so, well, you know, the VCs are definitely needed and I can't do it without them. You know, we're definitely going down that route. I actually opened up a portion of our raise specifically for the family and friends who've come along on this journey, as well as our customers. And I, the reason we're able to do that is because of this new platform called WeFunder. There was a federal rule that was changed and it basically allows non-accredited investors who to invest in startups and to be an accredited investor, you have to have like, this is very wrong, but like $200,000 in annual income, which is why only VCs were able to invest previous. So um, that's what we did. We opened up a portion of our raise on WeFunder. So now our customers and family and friends for, you know, I think the minimum amount to invest is a hundred dollars and you get stock and mount eventually. Um, you can now invest alongside the large VCs. And I really like that approach because now your customers are your investors. They're the ones who are driving the growth of the company anyways. Um, you still can't do it without the VCs. And I know that. Uh, so we still are going down that route, but now you can invest alongside them. So everyone kind of gets the upside. It's not just, uh, you know, the old way. That's true share economy right there. I love it. So <laughs> WeFunder, is the, is the, is the uh, WeFunder for Mount still open? Yes, the WeFunder for Mount is open. It will be closing most likely at the end of June, unless we get a lot of kind of last minute uh, add-ons to the, the page, I guess. Um, yeah, it's wefunder.com slash Mount Scooters. Um, and yeah, you can basically use a credit card and do it in less than 10 seconds. It's pretty easy. Uh, and we'd love to have more customers and Airbnb host on it because we really feel that's who's driving our growth and who we want to give back to, so. Mike is about to throw a couple of G's over there. We already know it. 
<laughs> you already on know. The ground it. floor on the ground floor. Nice, yes, sir. So, um, you you've seen that show, uh, Silicon Valley? You've seen that show? One of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. So, is is it was y'all shopping around? Was it similar to how they went and shopped around at the different? Different. It is. I mean, it was a bit different because of like COVID and everything. It's a lot of Zoom meetings, uh, which made things oh, okay. interesting, but very yeah. similar. Yep. <laughs> You're basically pitching back to back to back and basically a hundred no's to get to the one yes. <laughs> now, now I, one thing on there that was pretty interesting, and, and it's a comedy. It's mostly a comedy. It's, it's funny as hell. But when they when they were pitching at one place and they said, oh, they're asking really great questions, you know, they're blah, blah, blah. They, they're really they're really digging in. They're all these people writing notes. So they I think they're trying to steal our idea, man. I think is, is does that happen? Do they sit there and that you pitch to them and they just they can rip you off and then do it? Or how does um, that? It definitely depends who you're talking to, and this hasn't happened to me, but I have heard stories and like cautionary tales about pitching VCs that maybe have a competitor in their portfolio. So, like if I went and pitched a company that had Bird in their portfolio, uh, you know that might not be the best thing for me to do because. Mm some of the times they'll lead you down the path of investment just to basically understand your business model and then be like, Hey bird, I talked to this company. You should do this. Mm, um, I don't think that happens often, but it is a cautionary tale when when you're raising funding that uh, maybe don't go talk to the VC that is invested in your competitor. (laughs) Now are y'all, are y'all like having them sign NDAs or anything before you walk in a room or no? No. So they actually will not sign NDAs. And if you ask for one, they'll probably laugh you out of the room. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Dang. Cutthroat. Very yeah. cutthroat. It is. Uh, and I, I was a, I'm a first time founder. So this was my first time fundraising. And, and I definitely learned from the people who came before me. But <laughs> it is like its own type of knowledge and just things you need to know that I didn't b- before doing it. So <laughs> the wild west there's a a famous story about i don't know if any of you heard about uh blockbuster video actually had a chance to buy netflix back in the day for like 50 million dollars or something like that i don't know if y'all read that one Mm -hmm. and they went in there and they kind of laughed netflix out of the room we're not going to pay you 50 million for this and then they tried to rip them off and do their own version of it remember yeah and they failed miserably at it and they ended up going bankrupt and netflix is like one of the most uh successful companies in the world right now so it's it's just um <laughs> that backfired good for them you know they shouldn't have done that to them but um yeah yeah it's a it's a cutthroat world like like micah says yeah you just gotta move fast and you know hope you're the lucky one because i mean i think there's a there's a statistic i don't know what the percentages but most startups fail um so you do have to be kind of the lucky one timing you know your team and just kind of getting people to buy into your story uh, is is the big thing <laughs> that is awesome so um no, go ahead, oh, go ahead. No, oh, no. i was just gonna um like of the people that you've you've um got scooters over to how, how lucrative i know it's a hard question because it depends on what market and all that stuff how much could like an owner at a one one condo or a two two condo whatever expect to make off of one of these scooters? We definitely base it off scooters because we sell in packages of four, um, and it really depends on the market. And also, it really depends on how much effort the host wants to put in because there's some hosts that just want the scooters and will leave them and won't do anything with them, and then they don't get rented. Um, but maybe they wanted it as an amenity so they could charge more nightly. Uh, or beat out the competitor and get more bookings. So there's also those options. But really what we're projecting annually for four scooters is a few extra thousand dollars in profit. 
um, after you've paid off your scooters, after you've uh, paid, you know, the software fee we charge, uh, you know, so it's sizable. Really where it gets lucrative is if you operate uh, 20 to 50 properties and you have maybe 40 scooters operational at all of your properties, that's where it really starts to compound. And maybe you'll see 30 to $40,000 in profit for the year. Um, so it gets more lucrative at scale for sure. Oh, 30 to 40,000 in profit. Profit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cause I'm thinking, cause I, I think we, we had talked before and I was trying to get them at one of my Jacksonville units, but that one got shut down, but I have like two, two houses that are probably like six blocks apart. If I put like four scooters at each of them, and I know it's dang, that is kind of market dependent. How, what's the usage on those? Like eight of them at two different houses. So actually what I would suggest is potentially putting four at one and then telling the other guests like, Hey, we have these at our like HQ property, if you will, and like go and rent them. Um, so that way you're getting more usage out of just four as opposed to eight that might be sitting idle a lot of the time. Um, where you see the most rentals is definitely on the weekend. So like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, people want to go to the bars. They want to go, you know, to lunch. Um, that's where we see most of the revenue coming from is actually on those days. And it is interesting because a rental, you could charge, you know, someone, our average revenue rental, I think is like $25 per ride, which means the guest is actually using the scooter anywhere from two to four hours. So they really spend a lot of time on it. And then if you really want to take the program even further and make a lot more money, depending on how hands-on you are at the host, how much time you have, you know, we suggest talking to the local community and being like, Hey, we have these scooters. If we drive traffic to your restaurant and they show up on a scooter, can we do like a rev share? Can we do like a marketing kind of kickback? Will they get a discount? Um, so it is dependent on how much time. And I know time is like of the essence with Airbnb hosts. You guys are managing a ton of properties. Uh, so I would say, you know, although I put out the 30, 40 K, that's a lot of scooters. You still do have to put in the effort um, of telling your guests to rent them, putting up the marketing collateral and maintaining them. So uh, it's, it's not for everyone. You know, other hosts are focused on other things. But if you are someone who has the time, wants to make this extra revenue and really make it into a program, you really could potentially take over your little town and, and be that person to off, offer this experience to anyone. The scooter guy. <laughs> into it. No, no, I'm We're doing an Estes Park. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I might need to do that. So, okay. So you were saying like a value, like it's, a va- it's truly a value add, right? I know you're, the, you're, 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 your Airbnb host is getting paid from renting the scooter but have like the, the larger ones, have they ever told you like, hey, I'm able to charge this much of an upcharge per night because I have the scooters? And like, is that common for them? And like, how much is that upcharge usually if you know? Yes, we don't have enough data on that just yet because we've only been operating for about four months with the scooters. Um, but it is something I'm trying to get our host to try because I think really by offering that amenity, the guest doesn't have to pay for as many Ubers, they don't have to pay for a rental car. And so they should be paying a premium because you have this extra amenity. It's like a hot tub. Um, and obviously I'm not, I'm not in the like short-term rental space as an owner. So I don't know what you could potentially charge, but it would be worth shopping around the idea to some other hosts and just being like, Hey, if I add this amenity, what do you think I could price per night? Um, yeah. Yes. And, and that's, that's also what I tell people when they, cause a lot of times Airbnb hosts, they'll add an amenity, but they won't charge for it. I'm like, you can charge more than your neighbor. Like you said, if you have a hot tub and they don't, you can charge more. So that's what I was wondering if people, Hey, Hey, I got these scooters. I charge like, you know, 50 extra dollars a night for the scooters. Cause I feel like if they are sitting idle, at least they're still getting paid for, you know what I mean? Definitely. And I think, 
if you do increase your nightly price, you might consider driving down the rental fee that they have to pay. Um, and that would actually be a good way to bake it in because if they are staying at your property, paying an extra nightly price, but they don't rent the scooter, you're still getting that extra revenue from the scooter just in a different way. Mm, like it. Yeah. The many options. I mean, very modular, you know, customizable. <laughs> that, that's what I was uh, getting at. It was the customizable because sometimes, you know, sometimes we'll get just guests that are there for a weekend and they, like you said, the money, the money flows out of their pockets a little faster. You know what I'm saying? And they're like, ah, you know, let's go hop around on the scooters, 25 bucks here, 30 bucks there, whatever. But sometimes I get a travel nurse that's there for two or three months or four months. And it'd be great to offer that to a travel nurse. And can I, and I, can I adjust pricing to like, Oh, I, you know, I'll knock it down for you 10, 15 bucks a day, whatever. I can knock it down to just to make it more, you know, like a viable everyday asset for her or um, thing to use. Yeah. So the backend management platform is what all the hosts get access to. It's, so it shows them their scooters, who's riding them, how much money they're making, and it has that pricing option. So if you really wanted to, you could sit on that platform for every hour <laughs> and really change the pricing. It's uh-huh. that dynamic. Um, so yeah, we've had hosts upcharge on the weekends for the scooter rentals and then decrease the price on the weekdays to try and get more rentals. But yeah, if you have a long-term guest, you could have them sign up for a membership um, so they don't have to pay as often, all this type of stuff. I want my scooter, Maddie. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so now, now my question is, okay, so you, you can choose like to charge per hour, per day. That, that's how it works? Exactly. Yeah, you go in there. We're coming out with a feature relatively soon that'll actually allow you to put in like four options and then the guest can choose which one they want to do. Um, right now it's only one option, but we figured if we give the guest options, they actually might get on the scooter more, you know, a quick run to the grocery store per minute fee, uh, run to lunch, you know, that's probably a daily rate, but they'll have the option to choose. Can we customize our scooters? Can we get live, let thrive on our scooters? Oh, totally. I mean, they're yours. So put stickers on them. Uh, our, our person down in Miami, his company is called 420 B&B. Uh, yeah, that was, he, that was his headquarter property down there. So he he branded them like uh, green and 420 and all that stuff. <laughs> but it's in the it's in the, uh, the terms. You can't you know be on the 420 and ride the scooters. <laughs> exactly. I mean that is the terms and conditions. But do people listen? You know, not all the time. <laughs> you just go real slow on the scooter, man. Straight to yeah. the pizza joint. Oh, that's awesome. So you say you sell, you, you do the settlement packages of four scooters, correct? Correct. And so I, and I, I don't have to put all four in one location. I can separate them to diff, four different condos? Or yeah, whatever. you could separate them. Um, you could probably try and pre-book them if you wanted. So if you had that much time, you could dynamically move the scooters to each property as they were being booked. Um, yeah, really up to you once you get them. It is yours to run with. <laughs> that is cool. I like that, you know. Because, yeah, because... I guess when I mean, you think of scooters, I automatically think of like the limes when, when those came out and people were leaving them up in trees and leaving them out, you know, the scooter, um, scooter trash out of scooter, scooter literally, they were, they yeah. were throwing them everywhere. Right. That was a, that was a huge problem. That, no, it still uh, is. Yeah. And it, it got them banned from a lot of cities. I yeah. haven't seen any in Dallas, Mike. Are they still in Dallas? I haven't seen any over there. They have, but they're real strict. They kind of have people picking them up. Um, is I don't know right? if y'all watched this TV show, Shameless. They kind of made fun of the scooters. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they were riding around, picking them up, and then charging people. He, they were charging people off the back of a truck to use them. 
And uh, yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> it was pretty smart, but it was funny. Yeah, but yeah, they, Dallas has people picking them up now. So. Oh, okay, yeah, because yeah. I I used to see them everywhere on the streets, just littered everywhere. Yeah, but but yeah, y'all don't y'all won't have that problem because it'd be tied geo uh, geo fence to that one property. That's cool. Yeah. And um, we have a lot of questions here. Um, let me see. Micah, you got you got some questions. I'm looking through my yeah, man. I, I really I I didn't because I'm still thinking of all the stuff. How I would add these as a value to the properties. Um, now, how how has your success been in rural towns? Because I have some in like really rural towns. Have you guys have had any success there? So rural is hard for us because one, the traveler really needs an incentive to go somewhere. So if it's not really next to a local town or shops to go to they might not get on the scooter as often and then also the scooter in general really needs like a paved road to be good and really not too hilly um but that's really why we're opening up the platform to bikes and electric bikes because i think those would thrive really well in the rural areas um would be those larger vehicles and then also um other assets so like you're ki- if you're near a lake, you know, kayak, paddleboard, all that type of stuff. Uh, what about like a really urban area? Like, a, let's say like a class C type area, you know, not in a up and coming neighborhood. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting one. And that would kind of be on the host because so let's take L.A., for example. That was one of the first places uh, Lyman Bird launched. They lost half of their fleet in two weeks due to oh, theft. Man. And uh, people just really like destroying the scooters and uh, we're going to, going to do anything to them. And so LA really isn't a favorable place to launch anymore because it is still in the high theft area. Um, so I think that should just be taken into account by anyone who wants these type of scooters and bikes, you know, what kind of theft is in the area? Um, what's going to happen to me if I lose the scooters, you know, because they are yours. And yep. then if someone steals them, they kind of your program is gone. <laughs> so uh, I, we would advise against it, but um, really up to the host at that point, what they want to do. Dang. I didn't think yeah. about that. No. So the other big question, when, when can I get my scooter? <laughs> it's a great question. <laughs> so right now we have a pretty substantial wait list just because people word caught on and you know when it does in, in the Airbnb community, a lot of signups happened. Um, but since we're transitioning to this model where it really is either the lease to own or the buy up front, we can move a lot quicker. So if you're a host out there, you know, thank you, for example, you want your scooters quicker, come to us and tell us, hey, you're ready to purchase these vehicles up front. They're about $700 a piece. We can actually move you through the system a lot quicker, partly because, uh, you know, <laughs> we're in the middle of our seed race. So, you know, we can't be purchasing a thousand vehicles right now. Um, but really, that's kind of what we're transitioning to. We'll give you options of how to purchase the scooters, um, get you set up a lot quicker. But also right now, everyone out there should know there is a massive shortage of bikes and scooters just because of COVID-19. Mm. Everyone wanted the scooters and bikes that, you know, could get their hands on them. So we do have like a two-week or sorry, a two-month delay just because of that actually it disrupted the supply chain so much that the supply just isn't there for anyone. Oh, wow. So if I ordered them today, I would expect them in two months, that you're saying? Probably, unless, you know, things start being expedited because of the restrictions being lighter on COVID. But, um, but you yeah, can also electric say, bikes, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> you, you, could also, um, you could also say, like, if I went and got, or tell, you could also tell me which one I should go buy of my own, right? I could go buy one of my, that would work mm-hmm. in your system. 
So right now we facilitate it because we're only compatible with uh, select bikes and scooters. So you, you would come to us and we would tell you where to buy them. Don't just go buy them off Amazon. They won't work with our system just yet. Uh, okay. Post raise is when we can work with anything. Okay. For example, so you said they're about 700 bucks a piece. If, you, if I went into you and said, okay, I want to buy one on my own and you could, you would um, send me some links, I guess, where I could purchase them or is that how it works. And they would be around yeah, we'd the same actually, price? Uh, we'd actually put you in contact with the manufacturer. So you could just buy them straight from oh. the OEM. Um, and we would facilitate it because we have those relationships where we can get you a special deal. We can get you shipping to your property. Um, but really you'd be getting a high quality scooter. That isn't something a consumer could buy. It would be a bit higher end than, um, anything you could buy off Amazon for, for that same around $700 price. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. And if you're buying more, you know, the price decreases. Okay. So how much for four do you think? So no, sorry. I meant more in like the quantity of 50 or a hundred. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I can't just start off with one scooter. No, the minimum is four. Even, even if I go buy my own, I still have to start off with four. Yeah, four is the minimum. Okay, okay. And I'm happy you brought that up because I was thinking if you put one scooter at a place, every time you see people on scooters, it's usually in a group. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. would it even be worth it to put one scooter? Even two. Like most people, when they're on the scooter, it's two or more people. Okay, so you do four. That's smart. Yeah, it's exactly oh. what we found too is probably, typically it's an average of a group of four or more. Um mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you're a group of 10 people showing up in an Airbnb, you're not going to just be the lone straggler, not on a scooter. <laughs> hmm. And it might be smarter, like, because like, let's say a lot of our, our condos and stuff that we arbitrage are one bedroom, one bath. And we get, and for the most part, it's two people traveling, you know, it's sometimes it's one, sometimes it's three or four, but right, it's usually two people. So it might be smart if I bought four to put two at one property and two at another property. Exactly. And yeah, I mean, just to reiterate, that's not the best scenario because if your two guests don't want to rent the scooters, then you're not getting money um, unless you're having a higher, higher nightly price. Mm. So that's why it does do better in areas where maybe you have four units right next to each other and you can put in the two scooters. But um, I mean, that, that speaks to the hotel model as to why hotels have like five bikes and they're always gone is because they have like 200 people. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah you're right. See, and that's why I was asking about the resort model because they have whole bunch of people there and you can just put them out there and go um yeah i do like the four model because even if you do a one bed one bath most people do heads and beds they'll put a, a bedroom set in one room and then they'll have the pull out couch and now you already have your four people so yeah I, I like that that's actually a really good model it fits perfectly with the airbnb space definitely yeah and you just plug these directly into the any outlet in your house right exactly yeah they just take four hours to charge when completely dead and um, otherwise, you know, you plug it in when you're not using it, charge it overnight, all that type of stuff. But yeah, normal outlet. Dang, that's so cool. Yeah, I can see that. I can see all the TikToks being made on these scooters at our places. I know, right? All the marketing. <laughs> no, no, I have a question. Have you guys uh, started doing stuff like that? Like having people do TikToks, Instagram tags and things like that to kind of promote it? Yes. Yeah, so our Instagram is pretty big right now. It's, it's Mount underscore locks actually which is a weird handle um so you can find us there and actually we love working with the hosts because we'll actually post photos of your scooters we'll be like hey here's a spot recommended by us go stay there we'll list you on our website as a partner of ours um so a lot more marketing opportunities 
I am getting into TikTok. You know, I am 23, so I should be good at it, but I find it very challenging. <laughs> yeah, TikTokers. That's, that's, one yeah. day I'll go viral. That's the goal. <laughs> yeah, uh, TikTok is a new one. We had a TikTok couple on here who was pretty, pretty fa- TikTok famous. And man, no they, they killed it. Yeah. Killing I it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I got to get them on the scooters then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we'll, put, we'll put you in touch with them. Yeah. They'd be good because they have like, I think, a million followers or something, Steve. Something crazy. <laughs> something crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are and it's a little bitty uh, lake or, uh, yeah, a little um, river, lake community, whatever, where they live. So it's perfect just to hop around the little places there. Look so them we'll, up. Totally. The yeah. In Between Texas. The I-N-N Between T-X. Look them up and just tell them Mike and Steve from Live, Let, Thrive sent you. They'll, yeah. They'll order all the scooters yeah. you got. They, they, <laughs> they are TikTok. Oh, and then, they, level. and then they'll TikTok for you. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> Yeah, scooters in, in exchange of TikToks. I, I, I'm here for that. <laughs> yeah, but I love that idea where you partner with the host and then shout their place out. That is, that's next level. I like that. Yeah, you'll see our 420 B&B scooters on our uh, Instagram because they're very active. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, this is awesome. This has been a great, great episode, Maddie. We, we appreciate you hopping on. And what, what's next for you? What's next for you? I know you got this. I mean, you, the sky's the limit with this, right? But I mean, what, what next big things you got in store for Mount? Yeah, I mean, really, the sky is the limit. Really, what we like to say is that... Um, the platform is industry and vehicle agnostic. So like I said, we can work with kayaks, paddleboards, golf carts. So we started with Airbnbs. We love the community. It really works well, but we don't want to stop there. We're going to go into hotels, hostels, uh, apartment complexes, office buildings. So eventually, you know, five years down the line, you can walk down to a small town and mount scooters are going to be at your offices, apartments, and really connecting all of these private real estate uh, properties with a mobility solution, but it will be no chaos, no vehicles left in the middle of the street. And, you know, who knows, it could, it could, might not even be a bike or a scooter. It'll be the next thing that comes out, um, a hoverboard, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. like from back to the future. I love those. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody will get hurt on those. Um, <laughs> totally. <laughs> so th- this is what I thought about automatically when you were, when you were talking about, you know, you could just leave them out outside of the house or outside of the apartment and, and, you know, and people can use them there. Um, the only problem with that, like we do arbitrages out of apartments and condo places, whatever. And, and they, they probably wouldn't want you to leave stuff outside, you know? And so I, I, I'm automatically thinking if the way it works with, with y'all, I mean, and, and I've, and I've been, um, and I do have like a short-term rental uh, property management company, but I was thinking, I, I was thinking of, should I just get my real estate license and, and, and turn it into like a, like a, you know, a, a legit, a long-term, you know, where I could, where I could be a property management at an apartment complex or something like that. And if I was, I would really talk to the owners about putting these at the apartment and that would separate you from the rest of the pack big time, you know, Definitely. not only you, you provide your, your, you know, every, all the amenities for a, a thriving apartment community, but to provide scooters too. I'd be like, I want to sign a contract now, you know? Oh, totally. Yeah. That's kind of where we're headed. And we're, we're talking to some real estate developers who are developing the actual complexes as well as the commercial real estate, like giants that own them, um, basically to put scooters in the, the lobby areas and then docking stations, you know, at the local ice cream shop, at the mall, so that you can take your scooter and dock it, have it be charging. Then when you're ready to go home, bring it back. <laughs> See, I think that's, that, that's a way better model than Lime. Because, you know, Lime got scooters everywhere and said, hey, these are for the residents here. 
yeah, I think this is a way better idea. I like this. I, yeah. I, I wish you nothing but success with that. That, that was, that's smart. You know, well, thank you. Yes, that's where we're headed for sure. And I mean, the Airbnb host could do that themselves. The the mm-hmm. property management company in Estes Park plans on doing that. They're going to talk to all the local shops and property owners and be like, hey, can I put a docking station here? Um, so it's not, it's not too far off. <laughs> and we didn't even mention the fact um, cutting down on, you know, um, greenhouse gases and, and yeah, and carbon emissions is carbon a big emissions, one. Emissions, you know, that's that's um, that's huge. I mean, this could be like uh, this could really change things. Definitely. And we aren't going to anger any city governments either, because if you're driving traffic to local communities and local businesses, you know, that's what they're all about. So that's actually what we try to do is work with them to help the, um, the small businesses of the town and city. Don't worry, you'll, you'll anger some city officials. It always happens. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they need to uh, speed up an innovation. But <laughs> they need everybody needs to take a take a not, take a bite, take a nibble. You know, <laughs> that's just how business works. Yeah. Uh, back to Arlington. Um, well, yeah. Well, thank you for hopping on. This is amazing. Uh, WeFunder.com slash uh, Mount Scooter. If you want to invest in this, that's pretty cool. I, I want to look into investing in this. And then the IG, Mount underscore Locks. That's, um, I, I got to link up with the IG page too. And I got to get my scooters. I'll be hitting you up. Definitely. You can find us on our website, which is MountLocks.com. You can actually sign up for scooters directly on the website. <laughs> Wait. All right. Yeah, Maddie, thank you for coming on. I'm definitely, my place is in rural ter- town, so we're going to have to hop back on another call. Maybe we, we can see what we can work out so I can get some, you know, get a couple scooters. Uh, but yeah, thank you for hopping on and much success and much success to you. Yes. Thank you guys so much. This was an absolute blast and uh, yeah, nothing but the best for you guys as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Bye. Awesome. Bye. Bye. Man, that was Maddie or Madison Rifkin with Mount Mount Scooters or Mount Mount Scooters. <laughs> Mount Scooters. That was a really cool. That, that was a really cool idea. I like her name. She's only twenty three and came up with that idea. Dang man, that's crazy. So yeah, that that's pretty dope, man. Started like at twelve with her first patent. That's cool. Real, dang, that's like a walking prodigy right there. So yeah, Mount, that's mountlocks.com. Yeah, I'm gonna check it out. Me too. You can order some scooters. I, I got to see how it works with the rural areas, but I'm, I'm going to see. I'm going to see how it works. I'm, I'm gonna, I might order four, see how they work um, after I get my profit first fully off the ground and see, you know, start investing <laughs> in little things like that and see how you can really ramp up revenue, you know. Cool, cool. Hey, stay on after the cast and we'll chat at you real quick. All right. But cool. yeah, that was episode number, what episode was that? 169. We're almost to 170, man. That's a that's a huge milestone. Yes, sir. I can't wait, man. We're moving. We, yeah, we have like a, a million be, more to go. Definitely be at 200 before the end of the year. <laughs> well, all right, man. Where can people find us? Find us at liveletthrive.com. Send us an email at liveletthrive at gmail.com. Follow us on IG. We always have some good preview episodes come popping off. So uh, definitely, and thank y'all for continuing to listen to us. Been doing this for, what, four years now? 2017? Crazy journey. Crazy <laughs> journey. Yeah, man. Crazy journey. Man. Thank y'all. But yeah, thank y'all for continuing to listen. And uh, keep living, letting, and thriving. And we are out. Later. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.